Well, that is definitely what we want. We welcome the presence of the Holy Spirit right here in the park today. And we are just so overwhelmed by his goodness and his grace today. First of all, I'm thankful there's no wind. How did we score that? God is good about that. Now, I know snow might be coming, but it's not coming today, folks. So we're excited about that. But go ahead and be seated. I just want to again welcome you. It is so awesome to be able to gather together as the body of Christ. And I have the fortunate privilege of getting to introduce our first speaker this morning, Pastor Michelle from Restoration Ministries. She is an awesome woman of God. And I don't want to give a shout out to Restoration. You guys painted your building recently. It looks awesome. Good job, guys. It looks great. When I think of Pastor Michelle, I think of two words. The first word I think of is passionate. This is a passionate woman of God. She's not just passionate about motorcycles, but she is passionate about that. But she's passionate about God's word, and she's passionate about people. And here's what I love about her. She puts her passions together. So she wants to passionately get people into God's word so they can know who God has created them to be, so they can know who he is to them in their life. And I so appreciate your passion for the word. I just love that about you. The second thing that I love about her in the word that comes to mind is hospitable. We, we live in a crazy world today that's sometimes full of haters, sometimes unwelcoming. And whenever I'm around here, I just feel her warmth, her love, her compassion. She's, she's hospitable. She makes me feel like I belong. That, that I'm a friend and that I belong. And you know, I think one of the things about today's world is this, is that we live in a world that says we need to fit in. We, we gotta fit in, we gotta have the right political agenda, we gotta have the right color skin, we gotta, we gotta have all this stuff pulled together and fit in. And the thing that I love about Jesus and the thing that I see in you is this. Jesus' message wasn't about fitting in, it was about belonging that you belong. It doesn't matter your marital status, your gender, it doesn't matter the color of your skin. Because of what Christ did on the cross, you belong. And so today you may have wandered into this park not knowing what you were getting into. Hey, surprise. We're glad you're here, but I just want you to know that sometimes even in a crowd like this, we feel alone. Can I tell you something? You belong here. You belong here. And that is what I love about Pastor Michelle. We're going to pray real quick. We're going to believe that God is going to speak through her today a message that the Holy Spirit has for our hearts. So right now, Lord, we just position ourselves to receive from you. God, I pray right now that your anointing, that your mantle would rest upon Pastor Michelle, God, that she would move in the spirit, that, that your words would be her words, Lord God, and that she would speak words of truth that would break off yokes of bondage, God, that would bring life to people who feel lifeless, that would bring hope to those who feel hopeless and joy to those who feel depressed today. We give you all the praise and glory, Lord, and we thank you so much for this opportunity to gather together, and we lift up your name. And everybody said, amen. amen. Well, why don't you give a big round of applause for Pastor Michelle? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, praise God. I'm glad to be here. I'm always excited to get invited to go somewhere and speak and, you know, and uh, 
Hopefully my Harley boots fit in. I, uh, I actually went out to the garage to uh, ride my bike this morning here, and my husband's bike was parked in front of it. And guess where his key is? In his pocket. Guess where he is? He's at work. So anyways, I just left the boots on and said, ah, here I go. I'll fit in. <laughs> well, praise God, I got to keep track of what time it is, and normally I don't. Nor, you know, I've preached all day before, so, you know, literally, I have. I have spoke all day before, and I can speak on this topic that I'm going uh, to speak about. Um, on this topic, this is probably one of the most misunderstood topics that I've ever spoke on, but I'm very passionate about this topic. And uh, some people, some believers are completely ignorant about this topic. Some believers, they um, are afraid of this topic, and some believers walk in the power of this topic. And I do have to tell you that I was going to speak on this anyways, whether, whether I was here or whether I was over at, the, at that wild church over there. Um, <laughs> um, because I started a series on this topic uh, last Sunday. And so I'm going to talk about the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And, you know, I didn't know I was going to speak uh, until Wednesday because I didn't look at the schedule. And thank you, Melody, for reminding me to look at the schedule. She said, you got to look at the schedule because I want you to, you know, uh, 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 get the words for me for the song. So I'm like, okay. So I look at the schedule. I'm like, whoa. All right. Well, I'm speaking. All righty. Okay. Here I go. So, you know, I'm going to talk about um, the ministry of the Holy Spirit, and we're going to start in Matthew chapter 12. Um, this is near and dear to my heart. In fact, when I very first got rocked by the Holy Spirit, how many of you guys know that there are two separate uh, encounters that you have with the Holy Spirit? If you don't know that, you need to know that. Because when Jesus resurrected from the dead and he walked in, to that room where his disciples were at. He looked at them and he said, peace, be still. And he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now that word receive in the Greek means to take hold of. He wanted them to take hold of the Holy Spirit. And then after that, what did they do? They went fishing. Right? They went fishing. And then Acts chapter 2 came along. You know, Peter, he was afraid. Even under the umbrella of Jesus' anointing. You know, Jesus was sending them out two by two under the umbrella of the Holy Spirit that he was carrying. And he was sending them out saying, go preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons. Uh, you know, I mean, he was sending them out. He was training them to do exactly what he was doing. And then on Acts chapter 2, you want to know what? They got filled with the Holy Spirit. That word filled is a completely different word than the word receive. The word filled was to become a distributor center. <laughs> that means that you're not taking hold of it anymore. That means the Holy Spirit is taking hold of you. And you've got something to release into people's lives. Amen? 
So we've got to understand the ministry of the Holy Spirit. It's not just about you. It's about you carrying something that you're going to release. When Jesus said, you know what? I, uh, I have to like walk when I talk. I don't know what that's about. When you see me at Restoration Ministries, I'm like this. I'm like all over the stage. I'm all over the place. So, you know, um, I'll be tripping over all this stuff here pretty soon. But good thing you aren't giving me too much time. I probably fall on my face, I'm telling you right now. But, you know, uh, Jesus, after he told his disciples, you go out, you uh, heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons, and, you know, cleanse the lepers, he said, freely you have received, freely give. Amen? So we have freely received the Holy Spirit. Now, whether you have just received him, you know, I spent 15 years of my life received of the Holy Spirit. I mean, I had him in me. I, I, I you know, I didn't really understand what, what uh, his, well, I should say her, <laughs> This is a golden nugget. In the Hebrew, spirit, capital S, is written in the feminine form. Jaw drop, right? Yes. All right. Just, that was just a golden nugget. But, you know, when I very first got, got uh, received the Holy Spirit, there was 15 years there where I, you know, I could pull off a vacation Bible school like no other. I went through discipleship training. I... Uh, I uh, uh, you know, um, memorize 65 verses. I mean, I had it down. But you know what? There was something else that happened to me after that. And there's something about tragedy. You know, when tragic things happen in your life, there's something about that because that's when you get real with God. That's when you get real. That's when either this is true Or it's not. That's when you learn how to surrender. Because there has to come a place in your life where you surrender to the Holy Spirit. And you say, whatever you want. Whatever you want to do with me. It doesn't matter. Whatever you want. Did you guys make it to Matthew chapter 12 yet? I haven't made it there yet, and i got to take off my glasses so I can see. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 12. I'm going to start in verse, verse 31. I'm reading out of the Amplified. Therefore, I tell you, this is, uh, this is Jesus speaking. Therefore, I tell you, every sin and blasphemy, every evil, abusive, injurious speaking or indignity against sacred things can be forgiven men. But blasphemy against the Holy Spirit shall not and cannot be forgiven. And whoever speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven. But whoever speaks against the Spirit, the Holy One, he will not be forgiven, either in this world and age or in the world and age to come. So what was he saying? He was lifting the Holy Spirit above himself. He's saying, you can smack talk me. You can smack talk me all day long. But when you reject the Holy Spirit, he says that is an issue. So we've got to understand what the ministry of the Holy Spirit looks like. 
Because if, if the disciples received the Holy Spirit and they went fishing, then they got filled with the Holy Spirit, then they came out speaking in tongues and operating in spiritual gifts. How many of you guys know that there's a difference there? Come on, we got to understand how this moves and operates. And I'm not saying that the two encounters have to happen at separate times. I know people who got saved and got filled with the Holy Spirit all in one shot. They came up and came out speaking in tongues and operating in spiritual gifts. And it's not just about tongues. Come on, they got filled with the Holy Spirit and showed up in boldness and started to speak the word. I'm just talking about spiritual gifts here, amen? Come on, something has to change with you. The impossible becomes possible through the filling of the Holy Spirit. There has to be something that is going to take place. And you know what? You got, you're going to have to hunger for it. Amen? Come on, he is a gentleman. Or she. I don't want to cause this whole huge theological debate. But... You know, we have to understand that there is a difference. There is a change in your life. And it was 15 years before I recognized that. And I sought him with everything I had. Because what I had was nothing at that point. My entire life had been uh, uh, just pulled out from underneath my, my feet. There was nothing left. My family was gone. Done. I had two little kids that I would, uh, I would look at every day and I'd say, did you eat today? Because my life had become so shattered. And it was only through the filling of the Holy Spirit and I sought him with everything. I surrendered everything I had to him. And it was only through that that he picked me up. He picked me up, and you know what? I had to be willing to go there. I had to go there even when it didn't look right, it didn't sound right, it didn't feel right. I had to go there. I wasn't familiar with anything that he wanted to do in my life. You know, the song that we sang, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here, Izzy? Come on with it, Izzy. Because it's time to surrender to him. And if, he wants, and if he wants you to flow, allow him to flow through your hands and you lay hands on somebody and they get well, hey, hey. You know, we had a, a, a young lady that came to Restoration Ministries one time and she came in and she had a pool cue. And that was her, her cane. And she literally walked on the insides of her feet and she walked like this. And she walked in. She didn't leave that way. She was so excited. The Holy Spirit hit her and knocked her. And I'm telling you, she got up and she ran around that building. That's what I'm talking about. And you know, starting in 2020, it's a new era. It's not a new season. It's a new era. And God is calling the body of Christ out. He's calling us out. He says, hey, I want to do some stuff. And my church has to be powerful. My body has to be powerful. 
Come on, we got to be powerful. You are the most powerful people on the earth, yet you are still depressed. Come on, you're still depressed. <laughs> you're still sick. You're still afraid. How many of you guys know something has to happen? There has to come a point in time where you surrender. Amen? I went through that. And you know what? I'm going to tell you this right now, and some of you may not understand this. You know, it's been 16 years since all of these events took, on, uh, took place in my life. And I'll tell you today, I'm so glad that I went through it. Because it made me who I am today. And it caused me to come to a place of surrender in my life. And I'm not saying that that is where you have to get. But if that's what it takes, then let it happen and let yourself surrender to what he wants. I say this to the pastors and the leaders. If the book of Acts is not the model for your church and how you run and operate your church, then what is your model? What is your model? At the point in time when Tracy passed away, we prayed every night, Father God, show us the book of Acts. We didn't know how to get from point A to point B. We didn't know how to do that. We had no clue how to do that. But our prayer and our cry was, Lord, we want the book of Acts on the earth. How does that happen? And I'm going to tell you, he's seen it in a moment. And I get to walk it out. That is the mandate on my life. The mandate on my life is to walk out the book of Acts. That is the model church. If you don't know what the model church looks like, you need to study the book of Acts. Because I'm telling you, the apostles came out with power. They weren't afraid. They were full of power. They preached the word. They had corresponding actions. And how many of you guys know the signs and wonders follow those who believe? Do I have any believers in the house? In the park. Have any believers in the park? Oh, how much time I got? Five more minutes? I don't know. Where's, where's, where's the time person at? Hallelujah. Praise God. God is good. He's good to me. Come on now. You know, even Jesus was challenged with this idea. He went in, he started raising the dead and casting out demons. And, and his religious leaders of his day went to him and said, you're doing all of this by the power of Beelzebub, by the power of Satan. And Jesus said, well, what? That don't make any sense. Okay, maybe that's Michelle's paraphrase. All right, he said, you know what? This is the deal. If Satan casts out Satan, his work, by his spirit, he will be divided and his kingdom will not stand. 
hey, you know what? I've been in all of these different circles. I've been in where I'm ignorant about the Holy Spirit. I've been in where I'm afraid of the Holy Spirit. I don't want him to move because guess what? Something demonic might happen. Hello. Those demons are more afraid of you than you think. They see the spiritual markings on your life. Come on. They do not want to be anywhere around what God is doing. And trust me, they're not interested in casting out a sickness or casting out themselves or causing deliverance of addictions. They're not interested in that. They want you to be addicted, afraid, depressed, lack, broken. They want you there. They're not going to make you better. So when we show up filled with the Holy Spirit, understanding who we are, whose we are, what we carry, and we release that out of our mouths, out of our hands, hello, McFly, something is going to happen. And you may not see it right now, just let them walk it out. The word says that within the hour. <laughs> Come on, we don't have to see it to believe it. Amen? Amen? Come on, we are faith people. Amen? Amen? You know, when God spoke like B, he didn't stand around saying, hmm, I wonder what's going to happen next. No, he knew that light was. Amen? Amen? So when we speak, with faith and power, we are speaking just like our daddy. Come on, we're powerful people, amen? But it's going to take faith for you to grab a hold of it, amen? That's important. It's important that we understand Jesus lifted the Holy Spirit above himself. And when we reject him and we reject his work on this earth, and actually blasphemy means to villainize. That means that we're taking the Holy Spirit and we're saying, okay, this is the villain. This is the one uh, that, uh, that's, that's doing all of the bad stuff that we don't like because we don't understand it. People are afraid of the Holy Spirit and the move of the Holy Spirit because they don't, afraid, they, they don't understand it. They're afraid of it. I'm going to tell you something. I went to that church over there and I sat in the back row and I looked and watched and observed everything that was going on. And I'll be honest with you. I said, these people are nuts. They actually believe that God is real. They actually believe that he can move stuff through them and in them and move things out of the way. I'm like, Lord, you know, I could have ran at that moment. But you know what? I was already surrendered. I was already in. I was already there. I was already broken. And I said, that's it. This is what's happening in my life. This is where I'm going. Lord, I've been praying. Teach me the book of Acts. I'm here. Teach me. And I stayed and I learned about the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Each and every one of you need to know that. And you need to let go of your own agenda. Because he's not going to work in something that you have complete control of. I'm going to yield my time. 
But you know what? I'm going to say this. I've dedicated my entire life to ministering to the body of Christ. I eat it, sleep it, drink it. It's my passion. And I love the body of Christ. I don't care if you come to my church or not. I love you. And you are awesome. And God wants to do something in your life. And he wants to do it with power. Not just some little weak prayer, but with authority. You carry the very authority of God in you. When Jesus showed up, he spoke, and they're like, we've never heard the word with such authority. <laughs> come on, we're supposed to carry it the same way. When you speak to the demonic forces in your life, come on, fear is a spirit. You got to speak to it, amen? Oh God, I please take this spirit off me. Ha! Uh -uh. In the name of Jesus. Take your hands off of me. Come on, there's a difference. We're not beggars. We are the victors, amen? We operate in victory. <laughs> Even when it don't look right, it don't feel right. We're victory people, amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I'm going to yield my time. Trust me, I can talk all day, especially on this subject, because I'm passionate about it. And I'm not here to steal sheep. I am here to awaken the body of Christ so that you go back to your own congregations and they get woke up. Because I've been on fire for 20 years. <laughs> it's time for the body of Christ to get on fire. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. Well, praise God. I love each and every one of you. And I thank you for coming to Church in the Park today. And thank you, Pastor Michael, for uh, asking me to speak. I, this is what I do. This is what I do. And uh, I'm very thankful for that. So praise God. I'm going to yield my time because I love him wherever he is. Hallelujah. Praise God. And I am going to, I do the mic drop thing, but yeah, yeah. It's not my mic, so praise God. So it is my honor and my privilege. I get to introduce Michael Maynard today. Um, Michael Maynard and I, we've been friends for quite some time. Um, he's a character that you just don't forget. Uh, when, you, when you get to know him, when you get to have a conversation with him, you just, you never know what the conversation's going to be about. But actually you do. Because every conversation I've seen him have with other people and with me, it always goes back to Jesus. He brings Jesus into almost every conversation I see with him dealing with people and also with me as well. I want to read a scripture for him. Psalms 119 
1 and 2 says this, How blessed in favor by God are those whose ways is blameless, those with personal integrity, the upright, and the guileless, who walk in the law, who are guided by the precepts and revealed the will of God. Blessed and favored by God are those who keep his testimonies. And he constantly seeks him and longs for God with all his heart. I can tell you a lot of different things about Michael Maynard. I can tell you about he's been married for 32 or 33 years. He really couldn't remember the, quite the date. Um, uh, how, how, Christy, how long? 33. So let's mark that down. So I, I can tell you a lot of different characteristics about him, his, his task-oriented training, his task-oriented, all the lists he has, and all the different things. But one thing I really want to tell you is he loves to follow Jesus. He loves to, to, to have that personal testimony with God. He loves to share who Jesus Christ is. So I could tell you all about Michael Maynard, but guess what? It really doesn't matter who Michael Maynard is. It matters who he follows. Amen. And it matters who he declares and who he loves and who he's worshiping. And today, my friends, it's an honor and a privilege to be able to introduce to you my friend, Michael Maynard, who has 15 minutes to preach. That was, that was great, man. <laughs> oh, I'm going to get right in. I'd love to tell you more about me, but I'm kind of boring. But my God is awesome. So he is amazing. You guys remember that song from Junior Church or Vacation Bible School? This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Shine, let it shine, let it shine. All right, that's good. Hey, way to go. You guys are still ready to sing a bit. All right, here's what I want to know. Does your neighbor think you shine? Amen. Good one, huh? Good, good place to start, right? I mean, I'm talking about the neighbor with five dogs that lives behind you and every night at 3 a.m. They, they start a conversation with the 20 other dogs in four blocks of your house. That neighbor, does he know that you're a light to the world? How about that, that neighbor that's the grumpy neighbor? You know, you never see him. You just see their eyes over their fence looking in your yard, judging you. Does that neighbor know? That you're the light of the world. Isn't that what Jesus said? He said, you're the light of the world. A city that's set on a hill cannot be hid. And that is us. We are the light of the world, man. And I love what my sister did. She just lit it up with the Holy Spirit. I'm sitting here as I'm listening to her. I'm going, God, what you up to today? And then God says, I'm sparking the fire. I want my people to see that they are lit. You are lit. And I want to, the, one of the things I really want to drive home about this is that, that you are lit, and I want you to think about who lit you. So let me look at a passage. If my knee goes out, I'll go down. Sorry about that. It'll just be funny and make a great video. Luke eleven thirty three. the Word of God says, No one lights a lamp and then hides it under a bushel. I forgot to start my timer. I have 15 minutes from now. <laughs> <laughs> no one lights a lamp and then hides it or puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where its light can be seen by all who enter the house. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a bushel. But here's the question. Who lit the lamp? This little light of mine. 
but you didn't light the lamp. The candle doesn't light the candle. Someone else lights the candle, and someone else sets the candle on a lampstand or on the candlestick. Do you understand? So who lit you? You see, my sister was talking about the Holy Spirit. And many of us possess the Holy Spirit because it's a promise of Jesus Christ and a promise of the Word. But many of us are not possessed by the Holy Spirit. You're lit, not on fire yet. That's why Paul wrote to Timothy, he said, fan into flames the prophecy that was spoken over you. This is why the body of Christ has got to come together. We connect to each other in these, in these types of settings. When we come together on Sundays, come together as a larger body like this, which I love, by the way. As we connect with each other, we fan each other's flames. We encourage each other. We speak into each other's lives. And our flame brightens. It's like if I had a match and you had a match, and we put those two matches together, they're going to burn brighter and hotter as they get closer together. That's what we're here to do. And that's what the enemy's trying to take from us right now, by the way. He's trying to steal worship from the body of God, trying to steal community from the body of Christ. So we can't let that happen. Here's what I want you to hear, though. God lit you, and God put you on a candlestick. God is not hiding you. What do you mean, Michael? I mean that some of you are here today, and you feel like nobody notices you. Some of you are working. Maybe, maybe you're a, a, a wife and mother, and you are just burying your life and your family and you are sacrificing for your husband or, or your children or even your parents every day and no one ever says thank you I really appreciate what you're doing I really respect the sacrifices you're making for our family those words almost never get spoken and you feel like that you're under a bushel you feel like somebody's got your light covered and you, you may not even believe God lit you you may feel like, well, this is just what I do, and nobody notices. But here's what I want you to hear and understand. God lit you. God put you on a candlestick. God put you there. Somebody is watching. Right now, you are lighting somebody's life. You are a light guiding someone. You are in that place. God put you there. He is not hiding you. Your Father is promoting you every day. Somebody is looking. Some of you guys are going through it right now. Some of you got some health challenges. And you think to yourself, well, I'm out of commission. I'm over here off to the side. I'm waiting on God to do something. I want to tell you something. You never have to wait on God to do something. He's always doing something. As far as I know, he took one day off. One day. Okay? Been working ever since. You don't have to wait on him. But sometimes our circumstances are such that we feel like we're under it and we're like sidelined or we have no place. But I'm here to tell you, your father's put you on a candlestick and your light is shining and people are watching. You may not know who they are. It might be your children. 
Your children might need, the, they definitely need the light you're going to give them as you go through this. And you may be sitting there fighting with disease, cancer, uh, mental illness, whatever it is you're struggling with. You may be going through that, think that no one sees, but I'm telling you, you're lighting someone because your father lit you and put you on a candlestick. So as you go through this, you need to realize, I am here, and this moment of my life, regardless of what the circumstance is, good or bad, at this moment of my life, I am here to be a light and I will shine. Someone's looking at you suffer. And they're seeing your quiet, stable faith in God. But I tell you what else they're seeing. I, this is my favorite thing about Chris. I love honest faith. I love raw, transparent, honest faith. If you're struggling with your faith, don't lie about it because people can tell. That's not light. That's a shadow. We don't cast shadows. Light is I struggle in this moment, but God is faithful. I don't know how God's going to be faithful with this particular thing, but I know God is faithful. I know my circumstances may be bad, but my God is still bigger than my circumstances, even though right now in these circumstances, I don't like them. That's how you're light. You're just honest with your faith and your struggle, and you remember that your father promoted you. He put you on the pedestal. And by the way, let me throw this out there totally for free. He is proud of you. He's a proud papa. He is. Now, some of you are sitting there going, I don't think so. I can see it, man. I can see it. I can see it. It's because you don't know who God is, man. You got this view of God like he is way out there, totally disconnected from your reality, and you forget that God is intimately part of your reality. He is a loving father. And I know some of you are going, oh, no, he, he's not proud of me. I messed up last night. I, I messed up last week. I messed up all the time. There's no way he's proud of me. I'm going to tell you. Any, any, of you ever have, any of you have children out there? You have Some of them I see that you brought them with you. Take them when you go. You got children? You got children? How many of you were around when they started walking? Yeah? Remember how that went? Do you remember how this, they kind of walked like I do when they first started out? And then they would fall down. Remember when they fell down? What did you do when your child fell down as a parent? Oh, man, get up, you silly child. you got to learn to walk. Your wife would have beat you down right there. It would have been in the papers. Photos of you with black eyes and that little board going on. That wouldn't have happened. And yet that's exactly how we think Father is. That's what we think Father God's like. You messed up. And Father God's standing over you. What is wrong with you? I did everything for you and you messed up. And you think God is judging you based on the actions in that moment. And I'm here to tell you he's not. He's covered the actions in this moment with the blood of Jesus Christ. And he is evaluating you by the way you stand before him in your final day. Father God is looking, is longing for the day that you stand before him and he gets to say, because of the blood of Jesus and the power of grace, he gets to say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Come on in. So I just want you to know that God wants everyone to see you shine. And his opinion is worth more than yours, especially when it comes to you. Amen? He paid for the right to get to think about you what he chooses to. And he chooses to, to think well 
of you. Now, let's fix some thinking before I'm done. Luke 11:34. The eye is like a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. But when it's unhealthy, your body's filled with darkness. Make sure that the light you think you have is not actually darkness. If you are filled with light with no dark corners, then your whole life will be radiant as though a floodlight were filling you with light. I want to suggest that maybe the problems that we have shining in our life is our diet. I should talk about diet a lot more. I don't know why they put the word die in diet, but I think it's appropriate. <laughs> I'm just telling you, the word of God says that if you're going to, to be light and your life's going to be filled with light, then, that need, then light needs to be your diet. It needs to be what you're consuming. It needs to be what's going into you. What's, what we used to say down in Tennessee was what's in the well comes up in the bucket. I had a friend one time. I had a friend one time. This side got it. That side didn't get it. I had a friend one time that put diesel in his gasoline truck. They don't run the same after that. I think a lot of times what we're doing... And, and I'm kind of dovetailing into what Pastor Michelle's already shared, is that we're filling our lives with, with shadows instead of light. We're putting diesel into a gas engine. We're feeding on things that, we, uh, that, are, that are just ruining, that are dampening the light. And so, uh, sorry about the wind. It's Nicole's fault. <clears throat> Pastor Nicole's fault. No, I'm just kidding. Not so. I just want to encourage you to replace some things that we are feeding on. Let's start with depression. Let's talk about the sadness. And listen, I, I'd be one of the first people to tell you that if there's sadness in your life, you need to feel it. You need to go to Jesus with it. You need to let Jesus come to you in that moment of sadness and heal you. Yes, there's no reason to wallow there. But I tell you what, some of you are struggling with depression, especially now because of the connection is so sparse because of the COVID-19 situation and you're struggling with depression and I want to I want to challenge you to instead of feeding on the sadness and what you've lost I want you to start feeding on hope the same God the same God that rose Jesus from the dead still alive and well today this whole COVID situation, God's been around for everything, you guys. He's been around for wars. He's been around uh, for pandemics of the past. God, God uses it all. And God works glory out of it. He, does, he takes the devil's plans and works them out so marvelously that you think God did it. He's a good God. And I want you to know that there's hope here. Every problem is actually an opportunity. Every problem is, is the goodness of God getting ready to be birthed. Just like the resurrection of Jesus. It looked really bad on Friday and really good on Sunday. So whatever your Friday is right now, Sunday's coming. So stop, stop letting the shadow of hopelessness and, and fear and depression cloud your mind. And remember, God's got this. We can hope in Him. Our situation looks bad because we're looking at it badly. Look at the situation with the hope and through the eyes of Christ. Second thing, replace depression with hope. Second, replace anger with sacrifice. There's a lot of I don't know why I'm I'm gonna meddle just a little bit. Um, <clears throat> I said I'd be good today, but I knew that wasn't possible. There's a, there's anger in some of the marriages in this park today. Angry, 
at your wife or your husband because they will not be who you demand that they be, who you expected them to be. What is wrong with them? Well, I'll tell you what, you can replace anger with something and you can move from a shadow into light. And here's what it is. You ready? Replace anger with sacrifice. How about this? How about we let that one go? I'm not saying you should live your marriage and, and, and avoid all the problems. No, you should definitely talk about and address the problems. That's the only way to be free of them. But I'm also saying, you know what? Just because they didn't fold the towels the way you like doesn't mean it's worth a fight. You can, you can let some things go. You can take from Jesus' example and, and make a sacrifice. Replace anger with sacrifice. And then the last thing I'll say, this is the most important, and I... I'm, whatever. Replace complaining with honor. It's so easy to complain, man. You can complain about the president. You can complain about Congress. You can complain about the mayor, the city council, the, the city workers. You can complain. Please complain about the pastor. We never hear any complaining. So complain to us, you know. Complain. And I know what you're doing is working through your feelings. I just don't care. <laughs> Let's replace complaining with honor. Why, Michael? I'll tell you why. Because the devil has enough advocates. And it's, it's sad that the children of God fall into his pathway of complaining about people and calling out criticism and curses against people that God has called to lead or guide us. So stop complaining and let's move into a place of honor. Instead of saying what the devil says about people, say what God says about them. I mean, God loves them. God laid down His Son on the cross for every one of them. God calls them son and daughter. God calls them blessed and all these different things. Why would we side with the enemy just to criticize and join the court, the, the accuser in the course of heaven accusing someone? So let's get this darkness out of our life because we are called to shine. You didn't light you. God lit you. God put you on a candlestick. Someone is looking at you now. Shine brightly. Amen? Worship team, why don't you come on up? While they're coming up, I'm going to tell you what's going to happen here. We're going to sing a song, and Pastor Gene's going to close in prayer. There's also going to be, we're going to try and have a group of people willing to pray on my right and on my left. If you need prayer today, Pastor Gene's going to talk to you about your relationship with Christ a bit. If, if you need God to show up, if you're struggling with the Holy Spirit, this is your chance. I mean, yes, you can sneak off and leave really quick like you always do. <laughs> or you can have a meeting with the Most High God. And some folks can help and pray with you. And I encourage you to do that. Pastor Steve. Come on. Stand with us, would you please?